Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hooked, the podcast where we provide you with plot hooks to use or to entertain your players. I am your host, Sansi Weber. Here with me are two experienced role players to my left. Oh, Maddie, that's right. An experienced role player, actor extraordinaire, and overall wondrous madman. Yep, that's that's what he goes like. And to his left, once again... Dom Gilfoyle, dickhead... Uh, that's is my that, that's that my descriptor role. or that's my descriptor. It's like Dom Gilfoyle, comma dickhead. It did sound a little accusatory, so but uh, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I need your dickhead, Jesus. So um, <laughs> last time I got in trouble for not asking a um, an introduction, getting to know you questions. So that's this right. time we're going to get a little racist, and I would like to know what your favorite fantasy race is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Uh, my favourite Italians. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Residents of Faber. Ah, uh, yes. Go um, on. Yeah, yes. My favourite uh, fantasy race, I think it has to be an, the gnomes. I mean... Is it, that's just because you play a gnome, right? It's not... At first, I wasn't even sure about a gnome. Is he and then a gnome as, or a halfling? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> He's a gnome that was raised as a dwarf, so okay, he, didn't, right. he didn't know what a dwarf was for many, many years. Um, but as I learned more about gnome culture and I've come across more gnome characters, like even the most inexperienced role players, when they take up the gnome, they can just get into it immediately. They're just such a immediately iconic kind of persona, and I just love that kind of ingenuity and tinkering kind of culture it's 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 a great race yeah, so you're you're talking about dungeons and dragons gnomes um as opposed to the other kind of gnomes where they're Living considered well they <laughs> no, where they can they're considered more elemental creatures mm. so they're mm. like earth elementals and uh etc etc i mean that's cool too i mean everyone loves avatar the last airbender but um it's all right uh, all right <laughs> but no yeah i'm talking more of the dungeons and dragons gnomes yeah yeah because i don't know they've They've got a rich history, but they don't brag about it like the elves do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I said we we're going to get racist, so I guess that's that now. Uh, Dom, what's your favourite fantasy race? I mean, sorry, fantasy. Okay. Well, or, I, I, mean, thought, I thought fictional, so... Fictional I, race is fine as well. Cool, well, mine will, I like, off the top of my head, I'm going to say the Trill from Star Trek. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they have a really cool life cycle um, where some members 
of their race. Uh, they basically look like humans, in case you don't know, but then they've got like weird freckly spots down their sides. Um, but some members of their race uh, bind with a symbiont, um, which is like a little weird slug thing that gets put inside them, and that symbiont gets mo- get like passed down from generation to generation, and it merges with the personality of the, its new host, but still has the memories of all the hosts it used to be. So in Deep Space right. Nine. One of the main characters is uh, Judzia Dax, um, but Dax is the name of the symbiont that's inside of Judzia. It, previously, it was Curzon Dax because it was inside a man named Curzon, and it's like goes back generations. And it's just got yeah, like cool um, backstory for Judzia. Like she, like when she, when um, the Dax symbiont was inside Curzon, he was this rowdy old man who was mates with all these Klingons yeah, uh, yeah. and then like those Klingons just like they come back because they want to they, they've got a man they want to get vengeance on so they're just like Curzon we're going to go and kill that old bastard and she's like it's Jadzia now ah uh, Jadzia my old friend would you like to come and kill this guy and sort of thing <laughs> just like just like straight back into it but still like the same person but with a different person as well awesome it's, just, it's like a cool yeah, yeah. life cycle sort of thing yeah. So, uh, cool. are the symbionts in that like virtually immortal, or they just have a much longer lifespan? Well, I, well, I don't recall if they're immortal. Like they certain, like they last generations, generations. Yeah, yeah. Like Jadzia is like the, like se- like several in by the time that yeah. we meet that that iteration. Um, they can, I believe that they like they the symbiont like can be killed, can be, yeah, just, can be yeah. destroyed. Um, but like it just gets it gets removed from the body as its host is dying um, either from old age or injury or something like that uh, and implanted in a new host who is like selected through a rigorous process as like one of the best of the, of their entire race sort cool. of thing yeah, yeah yeah I think uh, for me have either of you ever watched Farscape? Uh, only a little the the living ship and the pilot yes. the that kind of symbiotic rela- relationship um, I really enjoy that yeah the, that's a that's hmm. a really cool element of that show yeah um, and how both powerful but immensely restricted both of those creatures are if the, if, the, if there's any kind of disconnect between them yeah so um, is it like David Hasselhoff and Kit in Knight Rider like uh, actually, actually is uh, yeah. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> two, two very powerful creatures, limited, unfortunately. Uh, limited only yeah. by acting ability <laughs> in one case. <laughs> um, so the living ship, they're kind of creatures that have evolved uh, to travel through space and they have this kind of star jumping ability. Um, but they've evolved alongside uh, the pilot race uh, and when a pilot basically becomes mature enough they will um, be partnered with a live ship and that's basically they're there it's irrevocable you can't uh, a ship will never have another pilot and a pilot will never have another ship mm. um, and the pilots are unique in their ability to uh, hold thousands of separate thought streams in their heads at the same time um, and the ships are basically passenger ships that can travel through space um, but the the growth over the over the period of, of the show of this rather ridiculous concept is mm. for those if the ship is nonverbal and pilot is kind of neurotic at the start cantankerous yes it <laughs> <laughs> um, is quite amazing and yeah I, I really like that idea um, but now that we've gotten to know all of you people We're big nerds yeah we are big nerds take it back that's uh. 
No, uh, you know, I will not. Uh, so what we're here to do, we're here to give you some plot hooks for you to use in your game. And to do that, we take inspiration from a random Magic the Gathering card and a random word from a random word generator. So... I use Scryfall to pick a random Magic the Gathering card. And the random Magic the Gathering card, I'm going to say that so many more times, so much quicker, uh, is Dragon Engine. So it's an artifact creature. uh, And basically, the more mana you spend, the more powerful it is. And the random word that goes with it is Conservation. So we're going to give you some plot hooks in the method of a magic trick. We will each give you a pledge and the basic idea of a plot hook then we'll go around and collaboratively come up with a turn which is expanding that and how the kind of greater ramifications for a game world and then finally the prestige which is how you can put it in your game and how you present it to your players so who has a pledge for the dragon engine you do? Mm, my one is um, you know off to uh, like for the pledge quite simple start on old maps, the bits that weren't filled in yet used to say, here there be dragons. Uh, in this concept, there there are drag there are dragons there, but they're <laughs> actually some sort of machine or like biomechanical thing that is creating the world in that spot. The world there actually isn't ready yet and it's being built by the by the dragons. Oh that's okay. cool. The dragon engines, if you will. Awesome. Yeah, yeah so the world's being built as it's being explored. Yeah, pretty so much. just ahead of the exploration. That pretty raises much. so many cool. questions. Yeah, I love it. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you? Them, hopefully. <laughs> well, yeah, thing, fingers crossed. Oh, oh, what about you, old Matty? Well, old Matty being the not nerd that he is, obviously I'm going to draw from history because that's Different not what kind of nerd would do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, would, I think that these are the kind of the alternative for like the industrial revolution and like the steam train so when the the wild west fell it was because you know industry and civilization kind of encroached on the like the radical natural wasteland that was the mm-hmm. frontier so i think the gnomes came out tying into the gnomes the gnomes designed these dragon engines and rolled them out and now the the fantasy world that Dungeons and Dragons usually is, which is very kind of like you know wanderers and adventurers, swords and shields and bows and arrows. Now there's mechanics. Now there's not just horses, but there's these mechanized dragon engines, like vehicles, like big dragon trains, dragon dragon like cars and automobiles, dragon weaponry based around this kind of material, like tanks with like magical catapults or all that kind of stuff. So yeah, the cool. Wild West that is Dungeons and Dragons, if I if I may blend those genres together liberally is ending thanks to this gnome innovation of dragon engines okay all right typical gnomes typical gnomes, gnomes way to change the world that's what, that's one thing that's another thing i love about gnomes is that they got this such rich history but they're one of the few uh races in dungeons and dragons that seem to be actively like working towards a future mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i like giving them a sinister edge because usually they're played so wholesomely and kind of like innocently so yeah. You're not this. doing that with your current character, though, oh, at no, all. No, of course no. not. Hoju Jr. is completely innocent. He is not Rick and Morty's Rick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he hasn't definitely committed any is. acts of terrorism in the last <laughs> two sessions. <laughs> okay, uh, well, I'm going to pick a different race to uh, grant the dragon engine into. I think I'm going to go with the dwarves. And I think this dragon engine um, is the brainchild of, of a dying dragon and... Uh, a basically a, a, a dwarven 
metalsmith or technomancer or artificer or whatever you want to call them. And this dragon engine represents perpetual motion. But that's impossible. Well, everyone thought it was, but this is fantasy, Bloodhook <gasps> realm. magical. So it's, it's perpetual motion that the only the people that know about it really understand the repercussions of what that means. To anyone who's just looking at it, it's just uh, an engine that's kind of shaped like a dragon that just keeps moving. Uh, they don't really understand what that could mean. But I think this, after the dragon dies, this, this dwarf and his compatriots have plans on how to incorporate that into a city and then perhaps into the landscape around and... I'll save the rest for the turn. Ooh, that's exciting. Mm. <laughs> All right. All right, so we have, just to recap the pledges. Here there be dragon engines. Here there be dragon engines. We have the... Uh, the end of Wild West <laughs> fantasy. I don't know. We have the Gnomish in- innovation. The Red no, Dead yeah. Redemption. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dungeons, Red Dead Dungeons and Dragons. And Thank we you have very much. <laughs> perpetual dragon motion. So which one do we want to turn first? Um, Should we just go in order of pitch? Sure. I have some. So for the for Here There Be Dragon Engines, it's like slightly revising what I said earlier. It's not so much that the world is still being built, like it isn't finished yet, more so that the, like, however long ago the world was created by the Dragon Engines, which possibly were created by someone or something, mm. The world's finished, but the dragon engines are still there. And in the locations they wound up in, like, they painted themselves into corners, building the universe. And now, like, they're still active, and the region around them is just kind of fluxing and weird and fucked up. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like, they never got the stop signal, so they're just constantly recreating where they are. See, I kind of like the idea, like like what you said, like, mm, they've painted themselves into corners, but that just means they can't move... In any of the in north, east, south, or west, so they either go up or down, and it kind of goes into like, like a physical mm. wormhole through to another world, like under and it's kind of fractal worlds <laughs> that you can kind of go down and oh through God. and around, um, and whether or not like the 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 dragons have any sort of uh, kind of protocols to protect. Mm. Their creation, or like if they, if they, or if they're just straight kind of replicators that are just going to keep going no matter what. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And are they being controlled by anyone, or are they just maybe, maybe they maybe. probably were at some point. Oh, maybe. You know, they've been they've been gone for a long time. Like the spots on, like it's not that uh, you know they they've been recently discovered or something. They've put the on the maps here. They be dragon engines because like everyone knows what the deal is up to the point where there is anything to know like yeah, maybe yeah. they don't know you know it's basically a creation myth of, of a kind but it's like they it, they've been there as long as anyone knows and everyone's just those either either to avoid it or maybe to seek their fortune there because there's mm. like the laws of the universe are to everyone's understanding being broken but i guess they just don't understand the laws of the universe so Stuff maybe stuff is being created there. Maybe things are possible or in the regions around the dragon engines that are normally possible, like like yeah, fractal non-Euclidean architecture and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. So maybe yeah. So well, maybe they can wait for the first Eve. Maybe they can. Yeah. 
All right. Yes. So, um, what what do we want to call these? Uh, just the dragon engines. I like. I here there be dragon engines. I here think there be dragon engines. Nice. Yeah. All right. All right. In Red Dead, dragon agent. <laughs> oh, dear. oh dear! This God. has happened. Yeah. Okay. So everyone's going crazy Welcome. for these new inventions, and <laughs> you know, armies are traveling in record time. Uh, trade is happening. Lickety split. The world is like evolving as we know it, and you know, the old days of bounty hunters and. Uh, your classic adventurer is rapidly kind of changing Mm -hmm. to kind of combat more or less government and industry. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. And all of these like organized forces. However, it is dis- it could be discovered by the players or perhaps a sorcerer who contacts the players who has found out that these dragon engines are not all as um, conservative and as they seem to be. Uh, yes, remember our word, everybody. Mm, I do. The conservation of energy is an integral part of <laughs> yeah. the denial well, of I, the conservation yes, of energy. I, I took it like not so much as conservation as con- perpetual recreation. Yeah. I, I was mm. still, I was still incorporating it. So you know, yeah, okay. that's good. That's good. That's good. Just thought we should flag it a little bit. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's, they're not as um, conserva- conservative as they seem to be because the dragon engines actually have souls of real life dragons, and there, there haven't been dragons. Suspiciously, not around like since for like a long for like well, say, the last how, century. And that's how all the the lesser races have managed to flourish. Yeah, they haven't had an apex predator to keep them in line until yep. now. Until now, but uh, so yeah, and it's because of like it's discovered or theorized by this sorcerer, maybe quest giver, that it's the gnomes that took out the dragons, and this sorcerer may be a dragonborn, so he yep. has like a personal stake, and yeah, and. That's the turn. Okay, so the this technology has come about. It's changing the entire world. The systems are popping up and players have to deal with that. But yeah. turns out that this technology might be... What, what, what does it mean that they have dragon souls? Is it that it's just immoral or that it's uh, inherently uncontrollable or uh, like that they might be earning the... The, the ire of dragon gods like what do, what does that mean hmm. in a practical sense I mean I like all three of those <laughs> uh, my initial hunch with it was that the I that in Dungeons and Dragons because dragons are obviously in the title and dragons mm. are such an iconic part of the world they're not even though dragons are legendary and quite hard to find dragons aren't hated and the idea of there not being any more dragons anymore for the sake of technology wouldn't rub people the right way like kind of like nation natural conservationists and dragonborn like a lot of their heritage is tied up with dragons Mm -hmm. obviously so i think it would become a very kind of interesting political and nat and like um nature debate in terms of if we keep this technology and don't release these dragon souls there won't be any more dragons in the world yeah have you ever? Do you know anything about the the uh, the Shadowrun setting? 
I do not. Like Shadowrun, the RPG tabletop. I have heard of it. Um, so mm. one of the one of the cooler things about that. So in the Shadowrun setting, um, like magical races return to the world in like a cataclysm in 2012. Um, and one of the things that returned to the world was dragons, who like you know they naturally create hordes. But because it's a cyberpunk setting, they instead became CEOs of companies, and the <laughs> dragon hordes were. Yeah, like their massive fortune. So, like, yeah, the the techno like the technology and dragons sort of thing. I like because dragons are smart enough to find dra- dragons will find a way, sort of thing. So, like, yeah, if, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like. I think maybe even f- with just being like trapped and utilized like they are, maybe the dra- maybe dragons are finding a way to yeah. to manipulate this situation. So as maybe well. maybe that's where we'll take the prestige. Yeah. Is what what happens when the dragons awake? Yes, mm. I like yeah. this idea. Mm. Okay, so my thought for I the turn say. of the dragon engine is to make uh, a dwarven moving city. So bit by bit, this this perpetual motion like is built up, and so he they first use it to harness heat, and so they turn it into smelting um, that will just never cool down and then Mm -hmm. it turns into like an actual moving machine that will generate energy in other ways and then they they create basically giant legs or rollers that will lift an entire mountain up and move around to conquer other places that's what i think and it's all based around this one little dragon engine that just won't stop moving the little dragon engine that could the little dragon dragon engine engine that that could could. all right can that be the name of (laughs) your we've got three really Difficult names for me to deal with, but you just like personally them. or in a pr- just like, personally, yeah, okay, just personally. <laughs> the little dragon engine that could here there be dragon engines and red, red dead, dead dragons, red dead for a dragon age. <laughs> Welcome to cutscene saga. <laughs> oh dear, uh, yeah. So I think uh, this this dragon engine brings around um, like the. The ascendancy of this gnomish, uh, no, this dwarven civilization, and they start attacking surrounding civilizations. Like perhaps the elves that thought that they were so high and mighty with their magic, they just can't stand against this movable mountain um, that is literally just rolling over their forests mm. and the the castle walls that have stood for centuries guarding the human cities are again just crumbling beneath the uh the moving mountain of the dwarves my god and then it becomes a quest obviously to stop this yeah. wrecking ball if they are so inclined <clears throat> yeah uh okay well that that's that's the three so we we have the three ridiculous names um <laughs> very good names. shall we shall we prestige here there be dragon engines Right. So how do we put this in a game? How do the players approach it? What sort of encounters could they have with it? Mm. I like creating hooks that really just like shape the entire campaign <laughs> setting, I feel. like Quite a few of the ones that I've created over my time on this podcast. It's just like, hey, so this one you need to make it a part of your fundamental campaign setting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that there's, you know, you could take it in quite a few directions if we're going the, like the direction that, you know, things... Any, that anything can happen in the vicinity of the dragon engines, you can kind of just use DM's caveat a lot of the yeah, time there. Yeah. But yeah, like maybe there's a maybe that's where the villain is making their home inside there, or maybe maybe someone is trying to find like find a way through the weird shit in the here there'd be dragon engines areas to get to the creator. Yeah, or I something mean, like that. you could incorporate it 
at lower, at like first tier games, like lower level, and if there are different sizes of these dragons. So if there was just a little dragon, there could be like this magical fountain mm. that, that uh, I guess legend has it that if you swim to the bottom of the fountain, there's a dragon that will give you a, a wish. Mm. And so maybe you, your quest is to find your way to the bottom of this. You swim through the bottom of the fountain and then there's like this underwater whatever that you have to get through to get to this dragon and then mm. you find out later on when you have to find fight the big wizard king who lives in one of these uh this uh like a uh, fractal fractal gyre yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where it ha- just has this uh in infinite potential energy because of the the uh the dragon that is we, making are we world. incorporating your perpetual motion into mine now? Is that what's happening? <laughs> well, no, because yeah, it keeps no. creating yeah, things. Yeah. He can keep this consuming perpetual, things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's also, yeah, 100% fair that it could be that enough time has passed that people don't understand what they're actually, the dragon engines yeah. do anymore sort of thing. Like, yeah, I like the I like the idea of a fountain one, though. It's just like, there's a little one, and, like, no one knows how the fountain works, and it's like, there's a dragon engine there that's perpetually creating water, and they've yeah. just been like... That's a weird fountain. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I like it's, it's it. It's just always been there. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, is it? Is it my job to maintain that? I don't know. I thought it was. I don't know. I it Jimmy just works. It. You know. You know. <laughs> it's it's like just a, doing its thing. It's like a Bethesda game. It just works. You know. Um, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah. I. But. Yeah. It could definitely. You could incorporate it on a number of different levels, and it also would depend on how many you want there to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could also turn these these dragon engines into your world's sort of idea of gods. Yeah. So the, yeah. the, the fountain one is just a little, a minor water god. Yes, yeah, so it's just um, Whereas the, the big final one that you're fighting could be like the dragon god of time. Oh, like the cosmos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, they're actually just these machines and everyone just completely has it wrong. Yeah, and yeah. it's just the mythology that's built up around them that you have to kind of mm. deconstruct as you encounter yeah. them. Yeah. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, bit, a bit like that. It's a sufficiently advanced technology thing, maybe. Yeah, yeah I like that. Alright, yeah. so Red Dead Red Dragon Age. Christ. <laughs> yep. uh, uh, Red Dead Dragons. Sure. Yeah. Okay, that's slightly better. Uh, <laughs> so, how are we prestiging this? Like, I, I really want these dragon machines to come to life and start. Oh, yeah, they're definitely coming alive. <laughs> um, particularly the gnomes. Like, they have a particular hatred for gnomes, and the kind of in terms of yeah, in terms of what they did. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think the dragons let this technology boom as far as they want to to the point when society is more or less de- getting dependent on it imagine mm. imagine like our world in 19 like 12 or 1915 and so i also like the idea that they let this they let si- certain sides of their technology boom faster than others so it sparks like motivation to start wars and conquest they're really yeah. turning everyone on everyone everyone and then yeah then they come to life they stop working for certain cultures that get destroyed by other cultures uh the gnomes obviously would be the first to be wiped out um (laughs) and also in terms of conservation i think it would also become a battle between if the adventurers were so inclined between conserving the drag the dungeons and dragons that they know and trying to stop civilization from taking like this new kind of civilization taking over yeah and staying with more of like a naturally conservative kind of way of life. I really just wanted to mm. see like a steam train dragon. 
I mean, that, that's, that's that, yeah, that, steam that, train, that, that. awakened steam train dragon. <laughs> Huffing Billy the magic dragon. <laughs> uh, you are just on fire always. <laughs> <laughs> right, now Puffing Billy the magic dragon is a boss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Toot and, toot, motherfucker. <laughs> and yeah, and then when it gets to the point when certain, like the, this, this industry has made those dragon hordes yeah. that they're so famous for, that's when they... The dragons be- claim them. They actually become come alive and become these wicked automaton dragons that have complete agency and so like that could be again like that could be the world that you start the game in or that could be <laughs> the end of yeah, the game yeah. <laughs> uh, whether you're working for for the dragon secretly and then that is kind of the end point is when you achieve their goals to the point where they're going to come alive and you're on their good side or you're the last gnomes left in a after the genocide and you're trying to take down these dragon CEOs. Sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a great um, analogy for capitalism. Is it? Is it a great analogy for capitalism? I'm sure it is somewhere. It's flawless, obviously. (laughs) Um, So, uh, we have the little dragon engine that could turn into a movable dwarven civilization mountain mortal yeah. engine style yeah mortal dragon yeah. engines if you will <sighs> christ okay <laughs> it was right, right there it yeah, was right there sure. <laughs> uh mortal dragon engines um how are we prestiging this uh i think there either has to be some repercussion because of the basic laws of physics that it's destroying or uh or or you expand it out further um so, like, I'm not sure because there's no there's no real resource. So, conquest for the sake of conquest or conquest for the sake of insult is what the dwarves are working on at the moment. Well, I, th- well, I think maybe one of the obvious things is that the dwarves lose control of it. Yeah. Yes, and it, yeah, it, yeah. it literally, physically, like, there doesn't seem to wait for it to ever possibly stop. Yeah, yeah. So now yeah. the city can never stop moving. Yeah, Yo, maybe, maybe the, <laughs> the, the dwarf king who, who who made it just dies unexpectedly and he didn't tell anyone yeah. how, to, how to <laughs> <laughs> this thing was this, this thing was like vocal like locks and like to his voice patterns we like we can't do anything without him uh and we're dwarves none of us know how to res um we yeah. need to get a cleric here quickly maybe that's the hook it's just like <laughs> and now no one wants to help him yeah <laughs> There's also you also if you wanted to make it more of like a, a Snowpiercer sort of campaign where you're in you're in this moving city mm. and you have to find mm. your way to this dragon engine to turn it off. Or, Snowpiercer yeah. actually was a metaphor for capitalism. Yes, there you well. go. <laughs> <laughs> and mine it was it was a direct <laughs> metaphor. Um. So yeah, so uh, we can't hide our politics very well on this podcast. <laughs> apparently, um, in my office I have a, like an anarchist communist star on my desk yeah, yeah. I am not subtle it's important <laughs> um, okay so that that is the uh, mortal dragon engine uh, we had red dead red dead dragons red dead dragons and what was yours again I don't remember I don't oh here there be, here there be, be dragon, dragon engines, engines. All right. Okay. So uh, that those are our three plot hooks for you today. Um, if you want to use them in your games, you are more than welcome to. Uh, but if you want to use them for any public means, or if you want to change them in any way, uh, send us an email and get our permission first. We are released under a commercial commons for no 
no derivatives, non-commercial license. Uh, so yeah, you can find more information about that in our show notes. Uh, thank you very much, Matthew, for joining us again. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And thank you, Dom, once again. You're welcome. And we'll see you same time <laughs> next week with more plot hooks, everyone. Until then, keep playing games. Talio. I'm Morgan Phillips and I'm a human. And I'm Isabella Vallette and I'm also a human. But I was raised by fairies. And now I'm taking my human friend Morgan in to meet all of the mythological creatures that I know. Every Sunday we meet a new mythological creature and interview them about their life in a modern day context. Such as... The Night King from Game of Thrones. Funicula, the friendly vampire brother of Dracula. We've met the Loch Ness Monster. Santa. The Volpertinga. The Devil. And a Mermaid. And many more. We release all our interviews as a podcast called Off of the Fairies, where we interview a new mythological creature creature every week living in a modern day world come join us oh, that's not kind of productions podcast hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.